When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush, the mini crush a dish with Noel. Whatever. On my, on my left. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I could never be mad at you, Chuck. Whatever, Chuck. Nah, we'd work it out. Oh, we'd, yeah. We'd hug it out. Duke it out. And then hug it out. We'd hug it out over some beer and pot brownies. You keep saying that. <laughs> Still hasn't happened yet. I don't like alcohol with sweets unless it's like wine and chocolate. You know what I saw the other day was a van outside of Whole Foods, and it was alcohol-infused sweets. Oh, yeah? And my kid looked at it and said, that's weird. Who would want that? And I said, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it. Like like I said, some red wine and chocolate is perfect together. But anytime I'm like at a birthday party and I see someone eating cake and drinking beer, it just is so gross to me. Right? Beer you, and cake? Do you like uh, like chocolate stouts or any kind of fruity beer? Eh, I mean, I like the the occasional uh, hint of fruit in an IPA. Yeah. What, what about a sour? You like a tart I sour like beer? Not a, not a sour guy. No, I don't get it. I like it. People like sours. I don't get it. I know. Tastes like spoiled beer to me. Well, that's where you're wrong, Chuck. <laughs> Tastes like the fruit of the gods. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get going, everyone, with a social studies query I threw out. Social studies on Movie Crush. Very simple one. Who's your favorite director? All-time favorite director. And uh, we heard from everyone. I might have to follow this up with a part two because I'd really like to get to all these. Uh, my good old bud, Joe Garden. Um, he He's active on the page, which makes me super happy. Joe was a writer for The Onion for many years, and I hung out with Joe some in New York, and he's just a great, great dude who is – 
one of a kind. They broke the mold. Joe Garden says, I'd say the directors who have proven they have a unique vision uh, and I want to follow would be the Coen brothers and David Cronenberg. Uh, But George Miller has made some of my favorite movies, Road Warrior, Mad Max, Fury Road, and Babe, Pig in the City. And I'm always curious to see what he does next. Joe, great answer. David Cronenberg, man. What a what a filmmaker he is! I like these all over the place too. Like he's got these body horror pictures, and like, God, what am I like? An old man from the twenties, calling pictures, <laughs> chopping on a cigar. And then he's got like these epic like crime movies, like Eastern Promises. Yeah, and yeah. So he's he's got a really uh, can do it all. A really broad oeuvre. Yeah, but boy, when David Cronenberg goes into just full fucked up Cronenberg mode, uh, I'm always interested in that. Yeah. Even a weird movie like Existence. Did you ever see that? Oh, was, that literally was the one that just popped into my Such head. Because it's sort film. of like a like a, a spiritual successor to Naked Lunch. It's got a lot of the same yeah. weird little <laughs> nipple things and weird rubbery penises. I don't know. It's, it's, it's good. I love it. David Frey says Wes Anderson, probably most consistency when it comes to movies I like. Uh, good answer. Annie Bellio. Uh, Bolio. Preaching from my home province, Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah, he's, he's the, the, the stuff. She loved a rival. Um, I'm with you there, man. He's great. He's doing the new Dune, and I think he's going to make like two movies out of the first book, which, yeah. is, which is huge. I saw that. Looks good. Jane Savage, toss-up between Guillermo del Toro and Kevin Smith. Woo! There's a range between those two, uh, but that's what Jane likes. Uh, Megan Johnson uh, Frucci says, I don't care about his inconsistencies or schmaltiness. I'm going with Spielberg. His films have a grandness and harken to the early days of cinema uh, in which going to the theater was an event. I tried watching Ready Player One the other night. Didn't like it? I I, I wanted to like it and I liked it at first because it seemed fun, you know? But then it got like really snoozy pretty quick. It it was just okay. And I I didn't like the fact that it looked like Avatar, like it just stayed in the CGI world. That that bugged me. Yeah, I I didn't love it. Uh, Dan Stillhard to Browdy says, close call between the Coen brothers and Edgar Wright, both very detail-oriented, have unique visions and do great things with music in their films. But if I had to choose, uh, choose just one, maybe Edgar Wright. So I like his movies more. More than the Coen brothers? Hey, Edgar Wright, he's putting out good movies. Oh, no, he's great. He's great. But, but the, call me in 15 years. The Coens are just <laughs> just canon, man. They're just, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, Rick Broida, pound for pound, I think Spielberg, uh, he's had his misfires, but few directors capture movie magic the way he does. Uh, Rob Johnston, Rob with two Bs, says, I wish I could say something more highfalutin, but I got to go with Tarantino. Uh, or maybe, let's be honest, Kevin Smith, up through and including Red State. Red State was interesting. I didn't see it. It was okay. Uh, Danielle Ferlito says uh, Dennis Villeneuve again. Mm -hmm. Um, Enemy, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049. Enemy's great. Oh, so good. Uh, Jessica Foley, not super hip on directors other than the big names, but I'm going to go with John Hughes because I love those old teenage angst movies. Yeah. Rebecca Nunn, I'm not ashamed to say Wes Anderson. You should not be ashamed. He's great. I still never saw Isle of Dogs. It's good. Yeah, it's really, really, really pretty. just don't have as much time, Noel. Oh, I know, dude. You know? I know. I know. I just went and saw the new Mission Impossible, so if you're into that. Is there a, we'll, lot, of, a lot of running? We'll crush it. Yeah, Tom Cruise is one of the best runners yeah, in the he's a great runner. <laughs> yeah, let's crush that one out. Cru- judge it. Judge yeah, it. Crush it. it. Will Thomas says, Spielberg, Ron Howard, Francis Ford Coppola, but lately, Scott Cooper, 
who directed the movie that Chuck liked called Hostiles. He also did Black Mass, Out of the Furnace, and Crazy Heart. Oh, wow. Those are all really good. I didn't know that was the same guy. Yeah, good movies. I'm with you there. Uh, Jenny Ann, toss-up between Christopher Nolan and Dennis Villeneuve. All right. Interstellar and Arrival are two of the best sci-fi movies in recent years. Yeah, Interstellar I had problems with. I had big problems with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kayla M.H., she's always on. I normally don't pay attention to directors, but looking back, uh, consistently like Chris Nolan and J.J. Abrams. Uh, Will Burke, director isn't something I always consider when I think of favorite movies, but uh, John Hughes from Will Burke. Jack Hale says, hard to say of all time, but I'm going to go with Edgar Wright as a really creative uh, director, and I want to see more from him. Uh, Brett Giles, Christopher Nolan, Memento, Insomnia, Inception, movies like that. Uh, Aaron Lee, uh, Aaron Lee says Wes Anderson. Uh, Dave Nagakawa says Kevin Smith. Boy, he's getting a lot of love here. What do you think of Kevin Smith? I think Clerks is great. <laughs> I think Chasing Amy's okay. All right. I think Mallrats is fun. Yeah. Clerks is great, though. Yeah. Uh, Peter Kimmler says, can't go wrong with a legend, Steven Spielberg. He's getting a lot of love here, too. Uh, Bo D. Stuckey says, the directing duo Powell and Pressburger. They made some of the most arresting and unique films in cinema history, The Red Shoes, Matter of Life and Death, Black Narcissus, bizarre British films that had a massive influence on Scorsese, Coppola, and countless others. Well, Bo, I don't know about uh, these movies, so I'm gonna. I have some homework to do. I've heard of. I've heard of Red Shoes. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm sure our, our buddy, our buddy Casey Pegram would be all over it. Yeah, Casey's probably has a, a Powell and Pressburger tattoo. Yeah, or at, <laughs> at the very least, Blu-ray copies of all of the films, the aforementioned films. You know, I should get Casey in here too. Yeah, for an interview. See Peg. Why not? Yeah, do it. We went and saw um, Eight and a Half, the Fellini film. Oh, sure. It was it was really good. I like the sequel Nine. Yeah, <laughs> classic, classic joke too, Chuck. Is it? Uh-huh. I'm sure it's been made many, many times. Uh, Emily Bauer, uh, Richard Linklater. Ooh, yes, I totally agree with you, Emily. Uh, I have shown my love for that man on this show for sure. Uh, let's get to a couple of more, and you know what? We are going to continue this one because I feel like everyone should get heard. So we might do this one a couple of more times. Abby Zakos, uh, pretty big Darren Aronofsky fan. His movies are so well done uh, and subtly off-putting. He's a master at his craft. I agree with you, Abby. He knows how to push the buttons of an audience. And that is uh, tough to, to learn. you got to be good at that. Uh, May Ka, I'm sorry, Maka Salo says Tarantino, no doubt. And Guillermo del Toro also had some brilliant movies. J.J. Verbino, Tim Burton, or Terry Gilliam. Uh, Scott Murphy says Xavier Dolan, French independent film director. All right, I'll have to check that out. Uh, and let's go with one more. A.J. Middlestedt says Cohen's for sure, being from Minnesota. I'm proud to have two of Hollywood's best represent our state. All right, that's social studies, best or favorite all-time director. And I am definitely going to continue with that thread on future shows because that's a good one, I think. Uh, we're going to move on to The Poll Truth. This is when I put out a, some polls on Facebook, and then we talk about them. And uh, I put these out this morning, and I, I'm going to start doing these more in advance, but I'm a busy dude, and I'm really sorry that these uh, don't get more – you don't get more of a heads up on these, everybody. And big thanks to the Movie Crushers page who always alert people that, that these polls and things are up. So uh, thanks as always to the Movie Crushers for being the, 
super, super fans. Super cool. They are super cool. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, poll time. I'll go in reverse order here. Uh, preferred movie watching, DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. And out of 534 votes... We got 179 for DVD, Blu-ray, and 355 for streaming. So about double the number for streaming, but pretty good representation there for DVD, Blu-ray. Not bad. Yeah. Some purists out there. Yeah, it's true. Good stuff. Uh, The next poll, remakes. And the two options you got were, yeah, they can be okay, or no, never. And I know this is broad, and you will not be satisfied with only those two answers, but... We got 470 people said, yeah, they can be okay, and 139 people said, no, never. Hmm. And I'm, I'm sort of a, yeah, they can be okay. Um, generally, I think, come on, be a little more creative and get out there and make new movies. But there are a lot of movies that are remakes that a lot of people don't even know are remakes that are great, great movies. So I'm definitely going with, yeah, um, they can be okay. What's a good remake for you, Chuck? A good remake, uh, I loved The Departed. The Scorsese movie was a remake of an, uh, I think a, uh, maybe a Japanese film? Was it a John Woo film? It wasn't John Woo, no. but it was an and Asian it was, but film. But it was older, right? 
Not even that older. I think the movie is called Infernal Affairs. That's right. And uh, it was one of those remade not too long after for an American audience. Interesting. Uh, but I love The Departed. Yeah. So that's where I, I think remakes can be really good. But then it's weird, though, because you have sometimes you have these prestige directors that do these remakes that are just utter horse shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what's his name? Um, who did the Psycho remake? Oh, Gus, Gus Van, Van Zandt. Zandt. Fuck that movie, the man. The shot for shot remake. What? Who cares? What? Just go <laughs> masturbate. Well, come on, man. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's awful. And, and then the old boy remake from Spike Lee. I did not see that one. I did not either, but I did not need to because old boy is a perfect film. And it's just like, why? Why bother? Why do that? Yeah, the, the shot for shot remake of Psycho. The only thing I will say about this is I thought it was an interesting experiment an interesting filmmaking experiment to, to do a shot-for-shot shot remake of a classic like that. And I thought that was – I would have rather seen a, uh, an experimental shot-for-shot shot remake of Psycho than just like here's our modern take on Psycho uh, with CGI and ramping up the horror. So I'll, I'll give that one a pass. Yeah, I But have, I get it. I still think it's kind of masturbatory. Hey, I'm with you. All right. But you're talking about masturbation like it's a bad thing. That no, 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 no. I'm saying there are, that it's what a bad Sunday that, school that, teacher. That, no, I'm saying it's a better way of using your time. Uh, the next poll, funnier movie, and I just gave two choices. These movies are often lumped together as the male female versions of the same thing: The Hangover or Bridesmaids. Very evenly split here, folks. Two hundred and twenty-two people said The Hangover. 253 people said Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids wins out by a narrow margin. Uh, I don't. I would have to flip a coin, man. I think both of these movies were really funny. Well, surely that poll is, is half entirely men, half entirely female. I mean, that's, I that's obviously what's going I on here. I might have to give the edge to Bridesmaids I'm because— Totally joking. There are a couple— I, I agree. Bridesmaids is—oh, no, I think Bridesmaids is a smarter movie. There but. were a couple of moments in that from Kristen Wiig that just— like, have me double over laughing every single time I see mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I did really think the first Hangover was pretty good. And I think maybe I'm suffering a little bit from Hangover, Hangover with those two bad sequels, whereas Bridesmaids was smart enough just to do one movie so far. I'm sure there's a remake in the works, though, because it's a cash cow. I think you would have seen it by now, though. You would think so, too, but surely one of those other ladies will get married. Melissa Carthy will be the bride in the next one, right? That's true. I guess I guess sometimes you get the, the, the immediate sequel, and then sometimes you got the delayed reaction sequel. Like the sequel that no one wanted? Or the like sequel— Like the third Bridget Jones movie? That or was like sometimes it's the sequel that it takes a little time for the public to be like, we, we insist upon the sequel. Good point. Good point. I'm trying to get Melissa McCarthy on the show, everybody. She's in Atlanta, and I adore her, so tweet at her. Tell her to come on the show. All right, let me see. I think we've got two more polls, or maybe more. Boxing, movie, cage match. Rocky or Raging Bull? Only 295 votes here. 221 people said Rocky and 78 for Raging Bull? Oh, boy. That's a little surprising. Thought it might be a little more even than that. Uh, Rocky's a great movie, though. They're both really good. That's a tough one. Uh, Who is scarier... Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers? Who do you who do you think scarier? And I'm not talking about better movies. Which character is scarier to you? Who well, would you least like to be chased by? Well, I think we were talking in the last episode about how Michael Myers has mystical powers of slow walking, but <laughs> so does Jason, I guess. Yeah, I don't remember him running around a lot. No, he's a little lumberers. I didn't they're, see a ton of those movies. They're, they're kind of lumbering. I don't know. I think that uh, I think that Michael Myers. I don't know. It's tough. 
Well, Jason Voorhees uh, did, did he not get as many votes. No. He got 143 votes to Michael Myers, 264. Okay, I'm going to retroactively go with the group on yeah. this one. Michael Myers is – that's a pretty fucking scary character. And Michael Myers is just a really – I mean, the, the hockey mask is one thing, but man, that mask, that Michael Myers mask, is it any, anything scarier? You know what that is, right? It's William Shatner. Right. I, I'd heard that yeah. before. If you look at it up close, it makes sense. It's just but a, it was – a tweaked William Shatner mask. I think so. That the art department took. And, I, then, and then they made it white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not flesh, flesh colored. <laughs> William Shatner. He probably wants money for that. Did you see him arguing with people on Twitter about autographs? No. Shatner? I bet, I, I bet he's a nightmare. He would, no, he's basically like, listen, uh, don't don't bug me for an autograph ever. Like, I don't give them. I don't do pictures. If you want it, come and see me at these events where I make money off of doing this. And he said, I'm with my grandkids. I've got not much time. Like, I'm out with my family. Like, please just leave me alone with the autographs. And people got all on him. But I was like, that's William Shatner's life, people. Leave him alone if he wants to be left alone. I was up in the Hollywood Hills for the cartoon podcast I did with Holly Fry from uh-huh. Stuff You Missed in History Class. And we were hanging out with this Disney animator legend guy. And he was like, and over there is William Shatner's house. <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> Uh, do you stay through the credits most of the time or almost never? And wow, this is more even than I thought. 337 stay most of the time, 359 almost never. Well, then, then there should have been a third category that's only if it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, of course. And, and you're guaranteed that post credit scene. But even I sometimes forget to stay for those as well. All about. right. One last poll, everybody. Uh, and I'm, and I teased this out in the last episode, better decade for movies, seventies or eighties. And out of nearly 500 votes, 115 people said the 70s and 379 said the 80s. Interesting result. Indeed. 80s wins out. I've said it before. Just go look at like – get on your computer and type in the movies of 1983 or the movies of 1982. And just look at the quality films that were being pumped out every week. And it's really pretty remarkable. Uh, this was long before the days of reboots and remakes and comic book movies and sequels. I mean, they had sequels, but not like now. And it's just amazing the quality films that were coming out on a regular basis. Your favorite uh, canine sidekick, Cujo, came out that year. <laughs> Good one, Noel. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, we're going to finish up with Stream This and then Comic Card. I've been watching Sharp Objects on HBO. Have you seen it? I watched the first one. I liked it. I was intrigued. Yeah, so this is the show, um, I believe, from the writer of uh, Gone Girl. Yeah, was it Jillian Flynn? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it very much has that vibe. Yep. Uh, if you like Gone Girl, which I did. I thought it was good. I read the book, too. And uh stars Amy Adams, and it is uh, – oh, and, well, it stars the great Patricia Clarkson, um, who I've, I've long, long been a fan of. She's wonderful in everything she's in, and – she is uh, – Patricia Clarkson is so good at playing like the sweetest, uh, sweetest, sweetest person in the world or like the scariest, most reprehensible lady you could ever want to meet. And in this case, she's playing a bad lady. Um, it also stars Sophia Lillis uh, from It and Eliza Scanlon, someone I haven't heard of, but she's really great in it. Uh, Chris Messina, Elizabeth Perkins, uh, Matt Craven, a, a really great, great cast of side characters uh, but this show is all about Amy Adams. She has really become this character to me and has 
just uh, it, it, she is an alcoholic, functioning alcoholic, mm-hmm. has a lot of problems from her past that are teased out as the show goes on through flashback. Yeah, she's a reporter. Yeah, with Sophia uh, Lillis as her as the young her, which is great casting. That's the girl from It. Yeah, she looks like a young Amy Adams. She's fantastic. Yeah, and um, it's a, just a really, it's a show filled with unease uh-huh. as the story unfolds. Um, as a reporter going back to her town to investigate these murders of uh, young girls. A lot of good cross-cutting between the present and the uh-huh. past. Yep. Keeps you kind of in the dark about who knows what, when, where, Very why. much. Uh, I did see a funny headline that says, Amy Adams in uh, Sharp Objects is the world's shittiest reporter, never takes notes. <laughs> well, it's all up in her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like the Jay-Z of crime reporting. Yeah, she's not taking many notes, that's for sure. But uh, the, one of the things I love about it is its use of uh, music and Led Zeppelin features very prominently. I don't know how much money they're paying Led Zeppelin, but she listens to Led Zeppelin constantly in this movie or in the show. And they've used probably – I've watched – I'm up to date, so I've seen the first four or five. I feel like they've played 15 Led Zeppelin songs so far. Those can't be cheap. No way. But it's HBO. Yeah. They got deep pockets. That's true. But you don't think there's some, like, savvy, you know, penny pension producer being like, can you guys use, like, Moby Grape instead or something, <laughs> you know? I mean. Well, what they may have done was gotten some kind of a discounted deal on like, the fact. Like a bulk deal? <laughs> yeah, on the fact that they're featuring Led Zeppelin prominently. Like, it's not just happenstance. Like, Led Zeppelin is a through line through the show. And so they may have said, hey, listen. It's prominent. It's, you're going to be featured a lot. So maybe give us a deal on like your catalog would be my guess. It's probably how they did it. But good show. Um, can't wait to see where it goes. It's a limited run. I don't think it's kind of thing that's going to have a season two. Um, but just really quality stuff out of HBO. Highly recommended so far. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Noel, we're going to finish up with Comment Card. Uh, We don't have much time here, so we're going to go through these five pretty quickly. Um, Kayla MH, she's always on the board. What's your favorite movie from your least favorite genre? Good question. What's your least favorite genre, Noel? I think we've talked about this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do like, we both go with rom-com? I'm not a fan of you know, rom-coms or take them or leave them. Yeah. Know? I'm generally not a fan, so I'm going to say my favorite rom-com, rom-com is uh, is probably When Harry Met Sally. Yeah? Don't you mean When Harry Met Potter? <laughs> we, we we did not work in a Harry Potter ref to the last episode. I know. It's I'm true. pissed off now. Uh, well, we can go back. We can add in post. <laughs> I like that we already have our running jokes, Noel. It's good stuff. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Chad Madsen says, you're hosting a movie night for people of all ages and you want to show a lesser known film. What's your pick for a great movie that kids will enjoy as well as adults? It isn't one of the obvious films that kids have seen a million times already. I just had something pop into my head. It's a movie from the 1980s called My Bodyguard mm-hmm. with Chris Makepeace. Mm-mm. And Martin Mull and Ruth uh, Gordon. Oh, I know Ruth Gordon, like from Harold and Maude? Yep. Yeah, okay. She plays his wacky grandmother. Um, it's a, I would say, pretty little-known film, but a really good movie in the 80s about a kid that's being bullied. And the, you know how every school has the one scary kid that was like, he murdered somebody and he left and now he's back. Uh, when, in fact, it's usually like the kid just transferred for a year and came back. Sure. That's the deal. This guy comes back. Everyone's scared of him. And this young kid who's getting bullied by Matt Dillon and his gang, he hires this guy as his personal high school bodyguard. Matt Dillon's such a bully. And they form a friendship. It's oh. a very sweet, sweet, okay. good movie. I've been uh, – my kid, uh, she, she hasn't like really taken to reading for fun. Um, she's nine, but she reads great. But I saw her I, yesterday. She's cool. I gave her yeah. a big wave oh, across yeah. the office. Yeah, she was here all fucking day. Um, but <laughs> I mean I, I mean that as a sure. testament to her patience <laughs> and my right, shitt- shittiness as a parent. But um, she started reading The Witches and Roald Dahl books, and now she fucking loves reading. Nice. So uh, The Witches, um, I've forgotten how dark it is yeah. and how intense and kind of like creepy. And the movie um, doesn't pull any punches either with Angelica Houston as yeah. the Grand High Witch. Good. And so that's a good one for kids. That's from the 90s, and mm-hmm. it's got that kind of uh, schlocky Almost got like an Evil Dead quality to it with oh. the gore, the makeup effects and mm-hmm. stuff. It's really, really good. Record that Check would be my out. pick. That's a great thing about reading, man. When you you just got to find something your kid will like, and then all of a sudden the world has opened up. It was rolled all for me too, actually. Now that I think about really? it, I really loved all those James, James uh, the Willy Wonka books and James and the Giant Peach and all that stuff. I read, nice. I read those ravenously. Have you ever read any of his more body adult books? I have not. But good. we did do an episode on Ridiculous History about how he was basically the archetype for James Bond. Oh, he yeah, was right. a super spy uh-huh. slash badass fighter pilot and knew Ian Fleming IRL. And Ian Fleming kind of probably based James Bond on Roald right. Dahl. I've heard that. Pretty cool story. Uh, all right. A couple of more. Nick Kelly says, do you ever listen to soundtracks just to get yourself in the headspace of a movie where you like the tone? Like if you're melancholy uh, – you listen to Lost in Translation. 
Yeah, sort of. And, you know, that's a good example. I listen to that soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. When I'm in a mellow mood. Yeah. I don't know about melancholy, but sure. Yeah, it's got a melancholy kind of like, yeah. I, I picture it. it. That's a good soundtrack that really does match up with the feel of the of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's got all those Kevin Shields tracks on it, like mm-hmm. the, the guy from Air. Air. Yeah. I actually saw My Bloody Valentine over the weekend in Chicago. I, was I told you that. Uh, it was absurdly loud. Yeah, that's what I've heard it about It was punishingly shows. loud. They're legendarily loud. Yeah. I just got a, when I was in Chicago, I got a great soundtrack for a movie I'd never heard of. Maybe you've heard of this, Chuck. It's called Foxes. With a very young Jodie Foster. Oh, sure. I guess. I don't, I'm not sure what it's yeah, about. Yeah, but it's a, But it's a Giorgio Moroder soundtrack who I love. You know, he did all the synthy stuff for like Donna Summer, like I Feel Love and uh-huh. all that stuff and did the Midnight Express. And mm. I'm a big fan of his soundtrack. So, but I just like them. Cat People. Cat People's another yeah, good yeah. one that he did. Classic. So I just get those soundtracks because I like listening to them. Nice. Good stuff. Or any, any of, uh, what's his name's work? Uh, John Carpenter. Oh, for sure. He's one, he's one of your yep. synth heroes. I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, and finally, John Bick, not John Wick, but John Bick, says, if you could embody the life of any actor during any role, what would that be? Like Paul Newman as Butch Cassidy. Uh, interesting. Does he mean to be that actor or to be that to be Butch Cassidy? I think it's to embody the character, right? Embody the life of any actor during any role. Oh, you mean maybe like the period in that actor's life when they were playing that particular role? Like maybe. Paul Newman in the era of Butch Cassidy? I guess. That's tough. All right, I'm going to go with a couple of things. I'm going to say Burt Reynolds uh, in his heyday. Let's say during uh, – I can go a little later and say Cannonball Run days. That would be a lot of fun. And, um, I mean, is there anyone cooler than Steve McQueen in The Great Escape? Th- 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 those would be my picks. Those are my off at the top of my head picks. So thank you, John Bick. Thank you, everyone else who uh, who posted your questions on Facebook. Oh, I just wanted to say from a minute ago, I think you had a guy named Chad Madsen, right? Yeah? I don't know. I think I got it right. But if he was a friend of mine, I would make fun of him and I would call him Mad Chadson. Where, where did you get that? Just transposing the letters in his name okay. you know, to make a nick. <laughs> We're friends now. I like that, Noel. Nice non sequitur. All right, everybody. Your homework for this week is Popeye. The Robert Altman movie, uh, Mike Hollingsworth, the uh, an animator, and you might know his work on the great, great Netflix show, BoJack Horseman. Uh, Mike came in here, and we talked about Popeye, a movie that he said he feels like was made expressly for him. And um, I had loved, loved, loved that movie as a kid. Good soundtrack on that one, too. Harry Nilsson. Have you listened to it? No, is it not good? Well, it's weird. Okay. The whole movie, as an adult seeing it, it was a weird experience because it is a strange movie. It is a strange soundtrack. The songs for a musical, quote unquote, none of the songs are catchy or singable. They're all very downbeat and minor chords. And apparently Harry Nelson was a just wrecked on alcohol and drugs. Oh, well, there's that one song in it that's used in um, Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, great that's song. That's like, what is it? He needs me, he needs me, <laughs> he needs me. Yeah, he yeah. needs me, he needs me, that's he needs me. olive oil singing that one, I'm guessing. Yeah, right? it's yeah. Uh, Shelley Duvall. It, it's a weird movie and a very weird songs. And it was very cool seeing it as an adult from someone who, as a kid, just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And it's still great. It holds up, but it, it holds up in and is great in a different way to me. Did you say Robert Altman? Mm-hmm. That's interesting for him too, right? Yeah, it was. It was a strange movie. I wonder if it was a passion project where he just like always had a thing for Popeye. Well, I think we answered those questions in the episode. Oh, good. So I can't wait to, to hear it. it. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, listening, and we will see you next week. Look out on Facebook on the Movie Crush page and the Movie Crushers page, and check us out on social media, on Twitter and everything, and follow us. I think I'm supposed to ask Whatever. people to do that, Do the right? stuff. Click the things. Click all the things. Turn on the notifications. Do all that stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, and thanks for hanging in there. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.